Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Good evening, Beer Geeks. It's the second Friday 5pm of the year. And doesn't it feel good to be releasing videos again, Brad? Mate. It's about the best feeling in the world. Um, when it, <laughs> you serious? <laughs> when it comes to uh, my feelings towards making videos and YouTubes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been real nice to have comments to read through again. Like The thing that I've probably missed most isn't necessarily the filming or the releasing of the videos. It's, it's always having something to do when you're bored, which is answer YouTube comments. Uh, I've made my life sound incredibly tragic right now. Uh, but that is what I've really missed. And it's been really nice to have so many on this week's video, which we'll be diving into in a little bit. But before we do, we've got a new little segment to add. Well, I say a new segment, the first ever segment <laughs> probably to add to this chaotic podcast. Um, one of the things that came out of our annual survey that we did last week and we're plugging was that people wanted us to talk a little bit more about beer, Bradley beer on a, yeah. on a beer podcast very weird they... very out of the left field jesus what's the world coming to <laughs> i know madness so yeah we thought that we would try every week to make sure that we mentioned a delicious beer that had some kind of impact well it doesn't have to be a delicious beer it could be a terrible beer that had some kind of impact on us in a sort of beer of the week format but obviously keeping it loosey-goosey um and and ready to be deal- derailed at any point as is the way that we run this um so bradley what have you been drinking much this week have you got a beer to pick out i actually been drinking quite a lot in proper boozers as well not on my own with my girlfriend and uh some friends and uh it's been amazing it was it was my girlfriend's birthday so we were supposed to be in paris eurostar decided to to cancel our tickets about two weeks ago um we weren't welcome anymore so well, i think france decided to rather than well yeah france okay france which is fair <laughs> enough because you know epidemic and all but yeah it was quite we're, we're dirty foreigners full of omicron that's it right so i um i, t- I, t- I we went around the we sort of went around spitalfields first of all and then we went uh the next day around the west end um and i took her to a lot of great old man pubs um so in spitalfields we went to pride of spitalfields um which is a, a little kind of tucked away boozer off of um brick lane that i don't think loads of people know about although the crowd in there is is pretty uh, it's sort of a mix between old men and incredibly hipster hipsters that have just do the hipsters still hang it. about near spitalfields i thought they'd they'd have been priced out by now 
I think they're probably rich kids or something that that live around there. But there's some right. quite flamboyant outfits. There's a girl that was wearing, they look like a full leather sort of catsuit. Um, oh. Quite quite funky in the middle uh, of so, the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was sort of like around four p.m. something like that. Wow. So yeah, it's quite full on fashion, but also like I guess old you never men. know when it's going to turn into a night. No, no, exactly. At the, at the Pride of Spitalfields, mate, it's always, it always turns into <laughs> It's always night. night at the Pride of Spitalfields. Yeah, yeah. So I, that was on Saturday, and I had a pint of Pride in there, and I was like, ooh, that's pretty good. Um, and then on Sunday, we went around the West End, we went to the Harp, the Lamb and Flag, which is quite... I've, I haven't been there loads, but I've been there over the years. Quite an interesting backstory to that pub, in that it was a, a sort of boxing venue, and they used to call it, I think, the Blood and Bucket or the Bloody Bucket. Um, and it's it's just really dark and a really sort of heavy dark wood. Hardly any windows. Sounds quite claustrophobic, doesn't it? Um, but quite nice, bit. quite nice uh, pride on there. Um, then we went to the Cross Keys, which is a sort of uh, pub that I love in um, uh, just off of... Ooh, the plaza sort of bit in covent garden then Isn't, is that a badger's ales pub i'm not sure one? i was what was i drinking in there i had i had a i had a pilsner kill i broke my tradition there johnny I had pilsner kill <laughs> in there um and then we went to a couple of other sort of fuller's type pubs uh oh we went to the hymns as well which i, I would never go to it's quite a tourist trap um and I drank some, I, I drank some, uh, e- uh, no, not Oedipus. I drank, um, oh God, uh, Delirium, uh, Tremens, which was right. tasting pretty good, but very strong. And then we sort of topped the night off. We went to a French brasserie, Brasserie Zadel. And uh, I didn't drink any London Pride in there because they don't <laughs> sell it. Because it was a French brasserie. Yeah, but I had a giant meat platter, which is called a chacout. Um, and it was too meaty for for even me. I couldn't eat it. It was way too meaty. Um, Good we, fi- we finished the night off with some amazing cocktails in American uh, Bar American, which is their sort of kind of 1920s themed cocktail bar, a subterranean cocktail bar. Um, and I was drinking sort of throwback hundred uh, year old cocktails and stuff. Pretty cool. So, but yeah. So when I said, "What's your beer of the week?" <laughs> uh you've you've mostly mentioned cocktails and meat platters <laughs> meat platters are my my beer of the week are meat platters um no my beer of the week was london pride because you know it's obviously it's a classic and i I do love drinking it but it's not my choice all of the time but this weekend it mostly was most of the same and i was not disappointed and you know it was great to be back in the harp because I don't think I've been there since the pandemic started. And um, I put I put some sort of quite a lot of story posts on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, um, at Mr. Brad Evans. And I got so many uh, comments from people, uh, friends and followers saying, oh my God, is the harp open? Everyone was shocked that the harp was open. So I've put a lot of people back on to knowing that the harp is indeed back open. So I was, yeah, I, was I mean, it's one that. of those pubs that probably really, really suffered during the pandemic because it's city centre, small, dark, cosy. Um, so good to know it's 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 flying again. Um, I had a very different experience of drinking. 
Um, and the most of my drinking obviously happens at home at the moment. Uh, but I went to a new local brewery that opened up. Uh, they released their first beer in October last year, so incredibly fresh. Um, but they're, they're called Baron Brewing, and they're in uh, in Hertfordshire, about half an hour away from from my new home. Nice. And it's a tiny little place tucked away on a farm. Uh, I always seem to get into scrapes when I'm on adventures to find breweries. So it was one of those drives where you're like, I'm going to ground and damage my car at some point. Um, and I did, actually, on the way back out. But, yeah, probably gnarly <laughs> drive down to it in, in, in a farm. And he's this guy, uh, Jack, he's built the building himself. Um, he's collected all the equipment. Uh, well, some of it's come from China, but collected lots of different vessels from from other breweries and assembled it himself. Um, and now he's making... Uh, I had a, a, a lovely pilsner, which nice. I think was called Blimp. Uh, a lovely table beer called Day Tripper, 2.8%. Uh, really, really hoppy and cracker dry table beer that's absolutely delicious and crisp. And then lots of juicy IPA. So I had an absolutely banging uh, American pale ale, New England pale ale, um, which was, it was, what was it? It was Sabro, ooh, Sabro, was it Sabro Mosaic? Uh, no, Sabro Eldorado is a great little hop combination that was properly pina colada, properly nice. pineapple and, and coconut. So, it was really, really good. Quite um, a variety there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he, he was saying he, he never wants to brew the same beer twice. He wants to sort of go down the kernel route. Um, so I tell you that that beer was delicious. You'll never be, able, never be able to get it. But there will be lots of other delicious beer coming out, hopefully. Um, and yeah, he's got a talent. He used to work at McCullen's, which is like the fairly local real ale place. Um, and he said they brought him in to be like the modernizer. And then um, <laughs> they were like, well, no, that's too modern. So he sort of branched out and, and gone his own way. And he's, you know, it's a really small space. It doesn't have a tap room yet, but it will. But you can swing by and pick up cans and he's got a web shop. And it's, you know, if you're looking for a new brewery, you want to have a new experience and you love hazy beer. Um, he's definitely worth a go um, and a lovely guy as well so I'm going to be visiting there a lot I reckon um, didn't you have a beer 12 cans nice 12 cans bloody hell oh that's yeah that's a lot of, lot of cans you're going to be you got to support right. your local business Brad nice nice um, didn't you have a beer called Lanky Boy I quite like the sound of that yes Lanky Boy that was the Pina Colada-esque beer yeah yeah nice um, yeah he's got he's got lovely branding he was saying that because his surname's Baron and he's called it Baron Brewing and then kind of realised that actually Baron Brewing sounds very old man real ale. Yeah. Um, so he said he's gone completely the other direction with the branding and he's found a great artist. He does cool illustrations and all the names. Uh, yeah, he's got Lanky Boy, Sock Puppet, Blimp, um, lots of sort of silly uh, cartoon-esque, I guess, names. Um, yeah, silly fun gonna, names. Ensure that Baron remains frivolous, silly and, and accessible. The brew house that Jack built. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our week in beer. Um, I, well, I should also say that I've also been doing a lot of homebrew, Bradley. Well, not home brewing, but home cellaring. Um, mm. So I kegged the first batch of our West Coast IPA, uh, which is our collaboration with uh, now probably a not-so-secret, very famous American West Coast brewer. Um and that is tasting pretty good. There's quite a few things I'm going to tweak ready for batch two. So I'm glad I did a batch two. I'm uh, going to do two batches because I think I'd have let let my man down if we'd mm. come out with that. Um, but I did a test batch of the Pilsner, which is actually much later in the year we're doing that video. But 
Um, I, I pulled off to check the gravity to see if I could go up to the diastole rest. Looks like I've slightly missed my chance for the diastole rest, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, but um, it's down at uh, 10... Uh, 10.08, so nice dry Pilsner. Probably a bit drier than I wanted. Um, but it is singing. The all uh, full cone starts that I've added is just beautiful. Really fresh grass and lemon and kind of strawberry notes to it as well, which is going to be enhanced by the melanoidin I've added in lieu of a, a decoction. I'm really excited. It's probably the probably the best beer at this point that I've ever brewed. I'm really happy with it, and the G40 did me a solid. So, yeah, exciting stuff happening in the Brudio. Amazing. Amazing. Can't wait to try that. Um, Shall we talk about the video? Go on then. I guess that's what we're here for. Traditionally. Uh, Yeah, yeah. used to be. Now we're just here for the... uh for the derailments um yeah so this week was our big in 2022 video we've been doing the big ins since 2016 i think was the first one yeah so this is number six um in which we went through our predictions for 2021 see how close we got and i think table beer was the closest we got to being right um and then we picked out some um some trends for this year um, which I think lots of people already disagree with. There's lots of comments sort of laughing at the idea of brown ale. Just well, generally laughing at yeah. the idea of brown ale, but also the idea of it coming back. But, I mean, it wasn't just brown ale. We were talking about brown ales, porters, dry stouts, um, bitters, those kind of beers coming back. Yeah, Normal, more malty, 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 guys. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Exactly. Multi, multi multi guys and crispy boys. Um so yeah, I mean I, I hope that brown ales do come back, but yeah, we're we're talking about a family of beers that I think are gonna have a slightly trendy moment. Um rather than just brown ales coming back, which would be quite quite the reversal of, of the beer scene. Um did you find any comments that you really enjoyed? I did, mate, I did. I found quite a few, but um I I quite like this one from Chris King which I think everyone should uh, pay attention to. Uh, he says, last year I didn't pay much attention to this video and then I found myself buying and loving the things from the breweries Johnny and Brad recommended. So I'm going to pay more attention this time round. So if everyone could go. please do the same, uh, I think we can all learn from, from Chris's uh, mistake there. Yeah, and, you live, uh, you learn there, Chris. Thanks for being it. so that's honest. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Uh I called you Mystic Johnny in the video because of your your wild uh, and, and pro- <laughs> probably spot on predictions. But uh, at this point, they seem quite wild, um, some of them. But yeah, so I, I enjoyed that comment. Um, 
we had a comment from uh, from uh, across the oceans uh, from from Dave Shook out in America. He said, "When I started drinking craft beer in California back in 1992, all breweries had the same menu: a pale ale, amber ale, IPA, stout, brown, and a fruited peach, raspberry, etc. Uh, and they might have a seasonal." So that's that's kind of a stark contrast to what the sort of like Nipa uh, times that we're in now, um, where you go to a, a tap room and it's it's pure haze, haze for days, numbers one through ten, hazy. It it was an interesting comment because when I read it, I couldn't work out whether he was trying to say that he considered that diverse or whether he was saying he was bored of that. I it guess sounded, saying, yeah. I thought it sounded like he was bored of being diverse, and I was like, <laughs> kind of weird. But I, I, I'm, I was excited as you were by the prospect of of such diversity. Yeah, I mean, if I walked into a bar, or well, not so much a bar because I, I guess a lot of bars probably do have a little bit more diversity. But walked walked into a brewery where you could have a pale ale, amber ale, IPA, stout, brown, and fruited wheat, you'd be like, sweet, I'll take one of all of them each time I come back to the bar. Um, yeah, you just don't really see that anymore. The last time I really saw that actually was actually when we were in um, when we were in Florida and we went to Rat Brewing, which was like sort of the OG experimental brewery uh, in St. Pete, and the beers that we had weren't actually very good. Um, but you know, they had about twenty taps, and every single one was a different style. And I remember looking at that, going, "I can't remember the last time it was like this," and I haven't seen it since. It's just sort of died you know all breweries now have to have a specialty and almost exclusively that specialty is going to be imperial stout new england ipa or pilsner Mm. um and that you know that's that's great for bars because it means that you can pick and choose and there's so many amazing people who really focus in on what they do but when it comes to the taproom experience it's a it's a little bit of a shame yeah i'm trying to think back to rap it was like they had like lots of belgium styles didn't they i seem to remember and yeah, yeah, there was yeah, lots of Belgian styles, of lots of English styles. I, I don't think there were really any really hoppy numbers. I think clearly that wasn't yeah. um, what the brewers there loved making. Um, but what it meant was there was lots more diversity. And I think that if you can build a brand that isn't based around IPA, the brewers can have a lot more fun. And I think it's almost at the point where a lot of brewers don't really like brewing the IPAs. They're sort of they're bored of the endless repetition and they want to try something else. Um, so I really hope that you know a lot of the trends in beer happen when brewers get bored um and they they start sort of pushing other stuff onto us and i think that maybe that's starting to happen you can see so many modern brewers making bitters and robust porters and stuff because i think they're trying to mix up their brew days and let younger voices coming through have an influence and come up with recipes and they're not necessarily making these these juicy ipas and also the west coast ipas as well i think that return which we flagged in the video is in direct reaction to how juicy and sweet the the New England IPAs are. Oh, 100%, mate. Do you think, are we going to reach a point where brewing IPAs in a country that doesn't produce those those uh, those sort of like New World hops um, becomes a sort of question of ethics where, you know, like transporting all this stuff around the world, like should we be, you know, should countries that don't produce those things be producing stuff that's maybe more malt forward or, or uses sort of native hops and stuff um do you it, think we're ever going to get it's a there? great question i think i think if you have 
local hops that you can use, then maybe it will. We, we, we touched on it in the video, but I was kind of surprised and a bit disappointed in all the breweries using fresh American hops. I thought, you know, the, the expense, the um, emissions that it would take to grow those hops, pick those hops, freeze those hops, ship yeah. those hops frozen, land those hops, sort those hops, ship them out to all the different breweries, all still frozen, and then have them used that day. It's just kind of mind-boggling when, you know, a lot of these breweries, 100 miles up the road, you could get completely fresh Harlequin hops, which are juicy as fuck. Mm. Just, I just think, drive. I think, this, I think that we might start to see brands that are more sort of focused on that mission of, of not kind of a bit hyper-locality and, and things like that, maybe outside of farmhouse brewing. You know, yeah. brands that want to be more responsible outside of that sphere, but they they kind of want to stay hyper-local too. Um, yeah, and we, we do see a couple of those brands, like Utopian in the UK, make all sort of German and particularly Czech-style beers, but they only use English ingredients. And chatting to, to the, the guys that work there, they've said, you know, part of it is a bit of sort of national pride, but the other part of it is, you know, it's a way, you know, they they've managed to make it work. So why would they not want to be more sustainable by using local ingredients? And I think it's going to be a couple of years, you know, we're still, although lots of us talk the good talk about saying we, we want a more sustainable world, we're worried about global global heating. None of us are really taking really broad steps. We're still, or at least we still have stuff that, we're, that we'll let slide. I definitely let it slide. I'll drink imported beer or drink American hops. Um, and I make my changes in other ways by being mostly vegetarian and stuff like that. But I yeah. think it will have to affect beer eventually. I think it has to. It's a quandary, isn't it? Like stuff like cold chain and, you know, all of that good stuff is kind of bad for the world. But it is delicious. Um, and, and we <laughs> As can, most bad things are. Yeah. I, is it, I suppose it's cheaper, uh, sorry, better for the world that, they, you know, they bring those those lovely beers here than we all jump on a plane and go out there to try them in person Probably well that's very true but but i mean mm. the, yeah like i say the ultimate is and and you know charles farham and other hop growers are working really hard on this is is producing british juicy hops yeah. and germany have been doing you know mandarina bavaria is a really beautiful very aromatic hop um so you I'm, I'm always surprised by how little these these new varieties from the uk and from from germany are actually being used i think if you were trying to build, particularly, you know, if I started a brewery tomorrow and I was coming up with my American pale ale recipe, there's no way I'd use American hops because A, they're incredibly expensive, B, they're incredibly unsustainable and C, they are under incredible demand. Whereas, you know, Mandarina Bavaria is, is I, th I think it's something like 60% of the price of Citra, so you, nearly half the price. Um, and it's a beautiful hop and it will set your beer apart from other people's because it will have a slightly different aroma. Um, and yeah, I just think that there's not enough breweries doing that, not enough breweries having the wherewithal and the confidence to go, you know what, I love what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to make it slightly more sustainable. So it's, if you're thinking of founding a brewery, do that. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good idea. In fact, I'm kind of angry at myself for putting it out on the air but i think i genuinely think we're going to see more brands that are hyper localized that are outside of farmhouse brewing 
um, yeah. and want to be more responsible. But the, I, I also think that, you know, it's a, it's that thing, like we're saying, everyone wants to drink hazy IPAs. Everyone wants to drink hazy IPAs that have got citron mosaic in and stuff. So, if you, you know, Mandavina Proveria, it's, it's not shorthand for uh, a good time or what people, you know, might be looking for in the masses. They might know the word citra. They might know the word mosaic or whatever it might be. It's it's kind of a matter of education, isn't it? And just getting used to these these different hops and 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 understanding what they taste like as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it it's a real issue. You know, I'm I'm all in favour of breweries naming you know naming the hops, naming the malts, naming the yeasts, and giving us as much information as we can. But some work then has to be done to ensure that people don't just pick up the citrus, the mosaics, you know, because those hops and that hop combination are just incredibly delicious. There's a reason why everybody loves it. Um, But that's not to say that, say, like, you know, the Sabro Eldorado combination that I had isn't fucking amazing and entirely different. Yeah. Um, And, you know, people in the comments, all over the comments of, of this video, there's people sort of saying, yeah, I'm sick of New England IPA. And, you know, that's a symptom of the fact that people aren't being daring and experimental enough in the hops that they're using. And last year we said that it was going to change, that, you know, we were seeing more unusual hops going in along with these hero hops. And sadly, that hasn't quite happened as much um, as we'd like. And in fact, to stand out, they've started shipping frozen fucking hops um, (laughs) in a bid. You know, how do you, you know, we know Citra sells, but everybody else is using Citra. How do we make it stand out? Oh, we'll bring it over fresh at great fucking expense and through huge damage to the environment. Brilliant. Um, I'm probably being a bit too harsh on these breweries. If I was offered it, I'd be like, yeah, fucking hell, let's give that a go. It sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it does sound amazing. (laughs) The more and more you're talking about, it's making me thirstier. (laughs) The more you want one. Uh, Fresh American... (laughs) Oh, there it's like go. peas, freshly frozen peas, mate. That's what it is yep. of the of the uh, hop world. Beautiful. It is. Oh, yeah. It is. Um, so the comment that I found and enjoyed was from uh, Razor97, who said, I'd love to see West Coast IPA make a comeback, but unfortunately we'll never see it like it was in the past. The modern Westie will be a hybrid, uh, hybrid cross between New England IPA and West Coast IPA, according to the brewing trends here in the States. Um, to which I would say, yeah, you're 100% correct. I think a lot of West Coast or so-called West Coast IPAs are going to be that mountain style where it's probably um, a a juicy yeast, probably um, some juicy hops or maybe some more West Coast-inspired hops, but then fermented drier, much lighter body and much higher bitterness. But um, I would consider a mountain IPA still an offshoot of the New England IPA. So when we talked about it in this video... We were talking about probably pin bright or lightly hazy, um, savoury, you know, pine, resin, grapefruit, lemon uh, kind of notes and definite malt character. That's what we think is going to come back. Not in a big way, not in any way that's even going to threaten, it's, it's going to threaten one line on the bar in a good beer bar. But what I mean, what we meant is in this video is if you love West Coast IPA, I reckon this year or by the end of this year, you're going to be able to get it pretty readily compared to what it is at the moment or what it was last year where you're scrabbling around the shop asking, have you got anything West Coast? And the people just shrugging their shoulders. It's it's kind of, um, it's going to be the labradoodle of the beer world, right? So you've got your 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 um, your West Coast, go with me here, Johnny, which was a, a poodle, a full-size poodle mm-hmm. that was 
incredibly intelligent and um you know sharp angular maybe a bit brutal and bitter um as a dog species or or have as you, a have you met a poodle they're they're very intelligent they're very very intelligent um, yes but they're go, incredibly loving go with my <laughs> no go with me go with me Johnny. so you've got the you've got the you've got the intelligence and the strength and the sort of silliness of a poodle and then you cross it with the the sort of soft loveliness of a labrador which is your your soft um uh, New England IPA, and you fuse the two together into a hybrid of a, a Labradoodle, which is which is both. So it's got the kind of intelligence and the kind of slight bitterness of a poodle, mixed oh with God. the soft sweetness oh, no. of a of a Labrador. I haven't come with you. I've come I've on. got off the train. I've hit oh, the emergency brake. <laughs> the crazy train. Jump back well, on board the crazy Lab- train. Labrador is New England IPA. I'm a hundred percent on board on board with. Yes. Um, Poodle as West Coast. What about no. a what about a cocker? I don't know. What other dog breeds? Could, wait, okay, let's put it out to everyone. What dog breeds mixed together would would represent a West Coast and East Coast? Uh, sorry, West Coast and New England, and then the sort of new hybrid, which is probably coming our way. Yeah, please, please send us your answers. Put it in our Discord forum if you're a Patreon, uh, or hell, record record it and send it into <laughs> us, and we'll play all the responses we get uh, in next week's podcast. I'm into that. Um, or I don't know, just tell us on Twitter what a West Coast IPA is if it was a dog. Um, we had other stuff to talk about, but to be honest, uh, we're running out of time, and also I want that to be the final thought as everybody <laughs> walks away on their Friday evening, distracted. Their family go, "What's up?" and you're like, "I'm just." Just thinking what kind of dog a West Coast IPA would be. Um, So we're going to leave you with that. Please do send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Um, And otherwise, have a really brilliant weekend. And if you haven't already, check out uh, this week's Big in 2022 because there's lots of tips about what to drink uh, for the next 12 months. Love and beer. The Bubble and Friday 5pm podcast are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash channel. And if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum. A positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer. Love and beer.